I confess I'm wearing crotchless panties. But only because I have to do laundry real bad. <laughs> Those are some sexy laundry day panties. It says hashtag the struggle is real. It's <laughs> um, a real, real struggle. Sorry about that. This podcast is intended for those 18 and over. If that's not you, please come back when you are of age. This podcast is sponsored by SexyDeliciousThings.com, a 25-plus erotic social network site dedicated to the art of individual sexual expression. SexyD provides a play space for people to celebrate their inner perv, share erotic pictures, videos, and stories with other like-minded sexy friends. Join us to connect, share, and celebrate all things sexy and delicious. Three months free when you use coupon code BEDPOST. Thank you for listening to the BEDPOST Confessions podcast. BEDPOST Confessions is an Austin-based live storytelling series featuring smart, sexy stories. Between performers, we ask audience members to anonymously submit anything worthy of a confession, which is then read aloud by one of our producers. The performance you're about to hear was recorded on October 15th, 2014. Jessica Luther creates what we are calling a little masterpiece theater on oral sex in erotica. Sadie and I were asked to participate in Jessica's piece, and as you will hear, we had some fun with it. Here is Jessica sharing her piece called It's Cunnilingus, Y'all. So I'm here to explain why millions of people mainly women, read romance novels each year, generates billions with a B in dollars of sales annually. I want to explain why romance novels are the largest share of the fiction market, explain why in 2008 almost 75 million people read at least one romance novel. And I'm going to get to that reason in a minute. But first, let me start here. This is important. I love romance novels. Like, love, love. Like, sometimes read five in a week, love. Like, I've probably read 200 in the last year, love. Like, don't dismiss the genre as a whole in front of me unless you want to fight about it, love. In 2011, I traveled a lot for academic conferences. I was working on my PhD at the time, and it was a really heavy topic. It was the history of slavery and empire. And so back in 2011, I found myself reading lots of books on the many planes on which I flew and in the multiple hotel rooms in which I stayed. I'm not even sure how it happened that I stumbled upon romance novels. I had never even considered reading them, despite the fact that I've been reading loads and loads of books since I was about five. My reading habits did change slightly in graduate school, as reading from my life's work made me much less likely to read for pleasure. But discovering romance novels three decades into my life and nine years into graduate school was a revelation. And now, I know that the genre is riddled with problems. Most feature white, heterosexual, typically thin, cisgender, non, not poor, educated, able-bodied protagonists. There are also many, many moments in these novels where consent is fuzzy, and in some cases the sex isn't actually sex but instead assault. Um, and almost all of these books are about finding love, and many end with marriage and a huge amount of babies. Um, I hate babies in romance novels. That's a personal thing. Um, <laughs> um, but look, okay, 
Pop culture is problematic, right? And no matter what part of it you consume, you're going to compromise in some way. And plus, if you look for it and not even that hard and really not, it doesn't, it's not hard to find. You can find all kinds of romance or erotica these days that doesn't fall into these problematic tropes that I just stated. And there is so much to love about romance novels. Uh, you know relatively how it's going to end, and you, so you know at the end you're going to feel good. Uh, many of the women in these stories are incredibly strong. They're willful. They're even heroic. Right? They work at balancing life and work and love and pleasure, oftentimes in ways that speak to my own struggles to do that. And come on, they have a lot of hot sex in them, right? Um, more specifically, there's always an emphasis, and this is the thing that like, blew my mind when I started reading romance novels. There's always an emphasis on women's sexual pleasure. And their pleasure is central to the story and to the protagonist's relationship with each other. As one of my favorite romance authors, Cecilia Grant, once said to me when I was lucky enough to interview her, she said, quote, romance is one of the few places where a woman is a subject in sex rather than an object. Plus, when you were working on heavy topics, so then history of slavery, and now these days I write on things like racism and sexual assault and abortion, uh, while working on topics like these, turning to a world of love and happy endings is a great thing. And as I'm about to talk about in more detail, dirty, dirty detail, in hetero romance novels, the male protagonist always want the woman to find sexual pleasure, like this. He wants to help her, right? He wants to help her achieve that pleasure, and often he wants that to happen thanks to his tongue. So here's my thesis tonight. Romance novels are the only space in pop culture where a man wanting to go down on a woman is not only a good thing, it is a trope in the genre. And when I say it's a trope, I mean when you're reading a romance novel written in the last two decades, you can bet that there will come a scene where the male protagonist happily, enthusiastically even, goes down on the woman and she likes it, she loves it, she has an earth-shattering orgasm from it. Like in your head you're like, oh, here's the cunnilingus scene. <laughs> where else in pop culture does such a thing exist as a trope, right? And this matters. Part of this is that reading these kind of scenes outside of just being titillating, right? They empower women to know what they want and to have a way to articulate that. And it may not even be about knowing what they want, but just knowing what they want to explore. And that seems only fair in a world that foregrounds men's sexual experiences and pleasure. And as a feminist, capital F, I am interested seeing everyone's experiences being held up and honored. I'm interested in women getting, getting to be the viewer and scenes being written about her, for her, offering her the opportunity to see her own pleasure as a desired, wanted, and even celebrated thing. Great sex and pleasure, for those who want it, are fundamental rights. So it's ridiculous, if you think about it, really, that there's only one place in pop culture that does justice to cunnilingus consistently and constantly like it deserves. And boy, do romance novels deliver hot scenes of cunnilingus constantly and consistently. And I can prove this with help of my friends behind me, just by reading a scene. All right, so what you're about to hear is from Sarah Macklin's historical romance, no good duke goes unpunished. 
I'm friends with Sarah, so I'm going to tell her y'all laughed at that. All right. <laughs> so the story, right? So basically, the Duke, his name is Temple. This is historical, everyone. Is disreputable and works at a gaming hall. He boxes. And in this scene that you're about to hear, he has Mara cornered in a boxing ring. Her arms are spread, and she's gripping the ropes in her hands. He has pushed her clothes to the floor, leaving her in nothing but her woolen stockings and slippers. And that takes a lot. It's, there's a, they wear a lot of clothes back in the day. There's a big scene to get here. Uh, so, I think it's Mia, right? So here's what Macklin writes, and this is edited a bit because these scenes are really long, y'all. He lifted her leg from the pool of her skirts with one hand, hooking her knee over his good shoulder as though it weighed nothing at all. Her cheeks burned with embarrassment as the rest of her burned with desire. She was horrified and desperate all at once. Watch, he said, as if she could do nothing else. All she could do was watch him, watch her. In the mirror, he said, and her gaze shot to the enormous mirror across from them. Temple, she said softly, closing her eyes to the vision, to its power, terrified of what he would do next, terrified of what he would not do next. And then he did it spreading her wide, looking at her, seeing her a way no one ever had, a way no one ever should. And she loved it. That hand, that glorious, magical hand moved one finger sliding along the most secret part of her, exploring folds and valleys and ridges, sending pleasure coursing through her. She closed her eyes at the sensation, leaning back, the ropes creaking beneath her, their rough threads scraping along her back. My God, he whispered, his words at once sacrificed and benediction as her fingers swirled and stroked stealing breath and thought from her I don't know how I could ever have resisted you <laughs> and then his mouth was on her and she could not think at all his tongue stroking in long, slow licks, teasing and tempting and torturing, even as it wrought pleasure she could not believe. Temple, she cried, <laughs> lifting, offering herself to him, giving herself up to him, trusting him. He rewarded her with his glorious mouth, wrapping his arm around her waist and pulling her tight to him, closing her lips tightly around some unbearable, unthinkable place and sucking more deeply, licking more firmly, scraping with a barely there pleasure that had her crying out for more. 
unable to stop herself from letting go of the ropes and sliding her hand into that glorious dark hair of his and holding him tight to her. <laughs> oh, there's more. Unable to stop herself from moving against him. Unable to ignore the flood of powerful pleasure that was coursing through her when that movement made him groan against her. His tongues and lips and teeth moving in perfect concert, sending her high, higher still on a wave of unbearable pleasure until she came apart against him. Oh my God, can I come do this every month? <laughs> oh, Temple, thank you, Mia. <laughs> I feel flushed. Okay. And that, my friends, is typical romance novel fare. And Macklin is really damn good at what she does. She's an incredible writer. But that kind of scene, that's typical. I'm so excited about what's about to happen here. All right. So <laughs> here's an example from a book that I liked, I guess. I don't know. I read a lot of romance novels. Maybe I liked it, whatever. I don't really remember it. And that's not the point. I remember this part. Um, I read a lot of stuff that's fine, but damn if even the so-so books don't give us great oral sex scenes too. All right, so Sadie. And L. Kennedy's as hot as it gets. Jackson is a Navy SEAL and a Texan, and he wants Mia, he wants Mia, who's too busy with life and doesn't want him except for maybe some sex. And so Jackson has decided to use really good sex to make Mia change her mind about finding room in her life for him. So early-ish in the book, we get this scene. Lie down on the bed, he says in a low voice. Mia climbed on the mattress and stretched out on her back, naked as the day she was born. <laughs> Spread, he told her. Let me see your pussy. He could see her pulse throbbing in her throat as she slowly parted her thighs. Her glistening sex gave him an instant hard-on, which drew Mia's attention to his groin. I think you should take off your pants, she murmured. He shook his head. I think I should put my tongue on your pussy. <laughs> Mia moaned. The second, his lips pressed against her pussy. His, her breathing quickened, slender hips lifted and strained for contact. Jackson gave her slit, a long, thorough lick, then dipped his tongue in the moisture, pooling at her entrance. That's a horrible word, entrance. Her sweet taste drew a low growl of approval from his throat. Fucking hell, he muttered. I'm never leaving the bedroom, Mia. I'm going to stay here between your thighs for the rest of my freaking life. 
When he flicked his tongue along over her clit, she let out a groan that vibrated against his lips. He promptly increased the tempo, tonguing her hard as his hand drifted to her opening. Another horrible word, opening. <laughs> he pushed two fingers inside of her hot channel. Channel, no, horrible. and was rewarded with a cry of delight. Lord, he wanted her to come all over his face, wanted to taste her passion and hear her scream his name. Come on, he said roughly, reaching for her. I want you to sit on my face and come all over it. Oh, she squeaked. Come on, sugar, don't keep me waiting. I want your pussy. <laughs> Do people know how dirty you are? She asked in a breathy voice. Do they know that the gentleman thing is a total act? Why, Mia, I am a gentleman. He peered up with her, at her with an evil grin. But I'm also a dirty motherfucker who wants you to rub your cunt <laughs> all over his face. Got a problem with that? Mm. I'm also a dirty motherfucker who wants you to rub her, your cunt all over his face. I read these books on a Kindle and I was like, highlight. Oh. <laughs> All right. Woo, okay. So even in a book like that, that I like trudged through, right, a scene like that offers something different and amazing, right? I mean, reading these passages is something like a couple could do together in bed because fuck, reading to each other is sexy. But trust me, reading is also something wonderfully private a woman can do for herself. So I hope tonight you now have an answer. If ever you hear someone express confusion, about why women read romance novels. Just tell them it's the cunnilingus, y'all. Thank you to Mia and to Sadie. Thank you. Jessica Luther! Jessica Luther is a freelance writer and journalist whose work has shown up in the Texas Observer and the Austin Chronicle and at Vice Sports, The Nation, and The Atlantic. She's currently under contract to write a book on college football and sexual assault. And to save her sanity when working on such heavy topics, she reads romance novels. More at jessicaluther.com. Bed Post Confessions is produced by myself, Mia Martina of Mia on Top, Julie Gillis of juliegillis.com, and Sadie Smythe of that's what Sadie said.com, and managed by Sarah Henry of O Henry Events. Podcast audio production by Ian Danskin of Innuendo Studios. You can find links to all of our websites and more information about Bedpost Confessions at bedpostconfessions.com. You can also confess with us at Bedpost Confessions on Facebook and Bedpost Confess on Twitter. And don't forget to use the special offer from Sexy Delicious Things, three months free membership to the erotic social networking site when you use coupon code BEDPOST. Until next time, we'll leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, my four friends and I realized that together we have fucked everyone in a band. 
And uh, yeah, it's not a small band. I confess, I'm attracted to men with facial hair, and I worry that my beard makes me a hypocrite. I got nothing on that. I don't think it makes you a hypocrite. I just think it makes you attracted to men with beards. I don't have anything else. That's all my confession. Oh, I have one more. I'm sorry. Okay. Because I confess from now on, whenever I read erotica, the voice in my head will be Mia Martinez. (laughs) (laughs) Your confession, Joel. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for that one.